You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for, for, for Wednesday, November 3rd. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, which is the account for the Twitter show. Hold on. Duh. It is the account for the this show. It's it's the Twitter account for the show. Why am I struggling with this so much? And if also if you're seeing me pointing right now, among other things, that means that you're watching the YouTube. That's right. We have YouTube for the show as well. Lockdown Padres on YouTube for all my audio listeners. A link to the channel is in the description. We passed 100 subscribers recently. We're at 115. That's awesome. Really cool stuff. And of course, thank you as always for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about today. The Braves are World Series champions. Got to give my thoughts on them. Got to congratulate them. Our latest World Series champion. Very exciting, even if the game itself was very much not so exciting, although it had a couple moments at the beginning. And then going to quickly just go on a little bit of a, not even a rant, but like a little bit of a, a monologue. I mean, this whole thing is monologue, but about how, you know, what can the Padres learn from the Atlanta Braves? You know, considering that a lot of you guys have given your suggestions about what we think the Padres should do this offseason, kind of responding and saying, hey, maybe the Braves taught us that uh, there's a different way to do things. You know what I'm saying? A different way to do things, a different way to approach things, I think. And then lastly, going to quickly go over the Silver Slugger Awards that were not announced recently. They were announced last week, but still, I haven't had a chance to get to them because if you guys heard, Bob Melvin is new manager of the Padres. That was awesome. So I did have a chance to go over them. But this time, unlike the gold glove that we discussed yesterday, uh, multiple Padres that I think nobody is going to have issue with being finalists in that award category. So fun episode today, guys. Let's get to it. The Atlanta Braves world series champions and i'm actually recording this literally pretty much like a few seconds after the final out you know what i'm saying so i don't actually know who's been named world series mvp i imagine it's going to be jorge soler the only other person it could maybe be is uh max freed maybe because of that last really great game that he pitches uh former padre should be noted mr max freed uh in this game he pitches a gem uh going six innings only giving up four hits no earned runs no walks six strikeouts and the game ended 7 nothing. There was no offense to be uh, to speak of. Now, here's the thing. Max Fried isn't necessarily a guy that I've always found has, like, the traditional wipeout, oh, my God, Corbin Burns, Jacob DeGrom type of stuff. But he pitched well. I do think that the Astros didn't necessarily have the best at-bats, though. Every single time you're wanting them to get a hit, they just kind of had these little ground outs or pop flies. They were forcing it too much, and they found themselves behind very quickly after a big Jorge Soler home run early on in the game, which was awesome. Him looking towards his own dugout and then bumping his chest or whatever. Love that from Jorge Soler. Uh, it was really cool. But even more importantly, there was an incident early on in the game in which uh, Max Freed, I, I mean, former Padres legend, former Padres legend, Mr. Max Freed, congratulations to him. Uh, but for those who don't know that he was a guy involved in the trade for Justin Upton back in the day, if I'm not mistaken, I should probably should have looked it up instead of just trusting my one friend who was texting me about it. Um, 
that he basically pitched after the fact that uh, an Astros runner, if I'm not mistaken, I'm actually forgetting who it was uh, right now, even though I watched the game. Let me see if I could pull that up really quickly. Um, after getting stepped on and not even touching the bag, neither of them touched the bag. And somehow someone tweeted about this. Stephanie Epstein of Sports Illustrated was like, this is an, an E1 and it's also an E dugout for not challenging this play because clearly they weren't on the bag. So that was a weird, weird moment early on. But other than that, there wasn't much to speak of when it comes to the game. There really wasn't. Um, I thought that it was a pretty lousy way to end things uh, in terms of just an entertainment value. You know what I mean? I know that a lot of people hate the Astros. I've been very public and on this podcast about how I'm just a little bit over it, and I think it's gotten tired. They hate for Houston, but uh, certainly a lot of people are excited by the outcome of this game. And I think that um, one of the things that I noticed about the game as well is like just the course, like being on Twitter for this game was really fun. You know what I'm saying? Being on Twitter for this game, just seeing how excited people were about Atlanta sports after all the stuff that they've gone through. You know what I'm saying? After all the stuff they've gone through, whether it be the Super Bowl, whether it be, I mean, just last year, uh, losing from a 3-1 lead. And a lot of people were thinking that, uh, you know, they might blow it again because they have two games coming back to Houston. Maybe they do all this stuff, right? Like, it just wasn't a, um, you know, what, what, what's the word, I guess you could say? Uh, it was just not a a good time, uh, to put it lightly, for Braves fans and Astros fans, um, or not Astros fans, what is wrong with me today? Dear Lord. Uh, and Atlanta fans, they've just been really having it left lately. So I'm really happy that um, that happened uh, for their sake because they I don't know what would have happened if they blew another 3-1 lead. Um, and the Atlanta Braves, you know, it's so funny to look back and be like, this was a team that was projected 82 wins, which granted, I think that that was actually a little bit dumb, the Fangraphs projections on that. I know that it ended up being somewhat right. But part of that was also because they lost so many players. A lot of players were just had really bad starts this season. You have Marcelo Zuna, who should never probably play baseball ever again. You had, you know, uh, uh, Freddie Freeman even started off really slow. You have Ronald Cunha Jr. who's out. You have uh, Mike Soroka who suffers a, a setback in his recovery. So there was just a, a multitude of things that occurred that resulted in all this stuff. You know what I mean? And all the, the 82 win projections. But even still at the time, I thought it was low. So it wasn't as crazy. I think of a, of a season in terms of them overcoming expectations, but it was crazy in terms of them in the postseason. I mean, beating the Dodgers, beating the Brewers, by the way, too. Let's not forget that the Brewers had wipeout pitching and it just did not matter. It just didn't matter. Um, and also I want to note because right now, currently my restream is logging lagging heavily right now. So hopefully this is recording for you guys pretty well. Uh, I hope it is. I, it looks like it's returned back to normalcy right now. But uh, my apologies if that ever happens, guys. Restream has been acting up for me lately. So for all my people watching the YouTube version. Um, but again, uh, aside from that moment early on in the game, just overall, not much to really uh, report on the game. The Braves are World Series champions. And you got to love it. You got to be happy for Atlanta fans. I know we wish the Padres were in there. Uh, I know we do, certainly. And I know some people are. I imagine someone has to i'm gonna check my phone every now and then periodically someone has to have tweeted at me at some point being like man why did we do that trade for justin upton man and in fairness justin upton had a pretty decent year i remember him having some pretty decent at bats getting a decent amount of rbis which i know isn't the be all and all statistic it's actually not all that helpful all the time but yeah he was a pretty decent player for the Padres out of all the people that they did trade for you know what i'm saying and if they're all the out of all the people that they traded for justin upton wasn't too bad man he even had a bunch of stolen bases which is nice he was really exciting he was good but will myers uh you know and, and the shields and then of course um what's his name matt kemp they didn't turn out so great but uh for the most part got love for justin upton 
Uh, I think that in the moment, it's nice to look back at that trade and be like, hey, in fairness, it took a while before Max Free got to this level. In fairness, um, it isn't a good trade, but in a that's also considering the Padres' circumstance. In a vacuum, it's not that bad considering that Justin Upton was pretty, pretty good for the Padres. You know what I'm saying? And it was the beginning of the the AJ Preller era, and he made some mistakes, but he was able to bounce back from it. But again, not about the Padres, guys. Congratulations to the Braves. A much happier team to win the World Series this year. I think we can all agree on that, right? 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 I think that's really good. I think that's really good. But uh, anyway, guys, before we continue and give my thoughts on what the Padres should take away from the Braves winning the World Series this year, I want to talk to you about something very, very cool, an app that I was just using the other day. It's Spotify Green Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport or anything. It could be your favorite movie. It could be your favorite you know, uh, Steven Soderbergh movie. I don't care. There's probably a room on that. You know what I'm saying? So you could do that, guys. And what I love about it, easy to access. You just download the app. You talk into the microphone. You join a room. That's it. Simple as that. It's just simple as that, guys. Uh, is the perfect place um, for sure. Be sure to join the app and all that and find one of our many locked-on rooms that are going on. NBA guys are going to be doing some. NFL guys are going to be doing some. I'm actually officially done with mine uh, for the time being, but still. It's a really great app, and I enjoyed every second of it. Might even hop on there again in the future. Spotify Green Room, guys, changing the way we talk sports. Woo! As once again, let me just thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, just to remind you of that. And now let's talk about what the Braves means. What does what, what the Braves winning the World Series mean? Well, in terms of my immediate thought. Uh, first of all, I'm seeing that the Braves and Dodgers, let's see, Braves, Astros 2022 uh, World Series favorites, Braves and Yankees 10 to 1 and BetMGM's early odds for next season. And I guess that actually makes sense because the Braves theoretically should actually be better next year. So I understand why they're up there, but we all know what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen in baseball is that there's going to be some other team that jumps up there out of nowhere and the Braves will fall or the Yankees will fall or the Dodgers will fall or whatever. And then other teams will start jumping up and vice versa, right? And that's what I want to bring up here. Expectations. Coming out of nowhere, surprising people, and how games still need to be played, guys. When the Atlanta Braves at the trade deadline traded for Jack Peterson, traded for, oh, Jack Peterson was a little bit beforehand, but Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, a lot of people were like, I mean, whatever. Like, those aren't impact guys. You need to go out and get Joey Gallo. You need to go out and get Anthony Rizzo. You need to get Kyle Schwarber. You know what I'm saying? You need to get Starling Marte, which, for the record, Starling Marte was incredible. For the A's, and this isn't a slight against them, but you know, we always get obsessed with the big names. And I think one of the things that the Padres should learn from this Atlanta Braves World Series run is when you have some star players, which the Braves certainly do, you got your Austin Rileys, you got your Freddie Freeman, your Max Freed, Ian Anderson isn't too bad either. And then you've got Charlie Morton, who I know that he was out for the rest of the series and all that stuff, but like they have some really good guys. And when you're in a position where you don't want to necessarily give up all of your farm system power. It might prove valuable. It might prove a winning strategy to buy low on guys that you think are underperforming. Jorge Soler is a great example. His home run fly ball late was just so off. This is a guy who hit 48 home runs before in a season. And I know 2020 was very weird. But if anything, at the trade deadline, by now we all should have known that 2020, a lot of those stats were a little bit fluky. Heck, Eric Hosmer became a home run king somewhat. He, like, what was it, like 17 and 8 in 35 games? Like, he was 
not that extreme, but he was incredible. He learned how to actually launch the ball. Clearly, a lot of you know stats and things that we saw in 2020 were a little bit misleading. And I think that that's what the Braves did. And they saw that. They saw the combined with 2020 and 2021 and said, you know what? This has to be better. He has to be better than this. His BABIP is absolutely in the toilet. It is in the sewer. The Ninja Turtles are closer to where uh, Jorge Soler's BABIP was. You know what I'm saying? Batting average on balls in play. He was a very, very unlucky player. The, the, the hard hit rate was still there, and they bought on him, and they barely gave up anything. Everyone's been talking about the Alex Jackson. Everyone's been talking about how they gave up Pablo Sandoval, who I'm not sure even played a game afterwards after some of these trades that they made at the deadline. That's what the Braves did. They bought low on players that they thought could be pretty solid because they knew the only reason we're not doing necessarily better right now is because of a lot of our rosters hurt and or bad people in the case of Marcelo Zuna. So they figured, you know what? You lose Soroka, you lose Acuna, you lose all these guys. You lose Waskar Inoa, you know what I'm saying? You lose all these guys. They figured, why should we go so all in? Let's just take a bunch of dart throws. And I think the Padres should learn something from that. I think the Padres should say, and the fans as well, a lot of you guys, have been tweeting at me. We talked about it yesterday. Someone said, trade for Brian Reynolds. And I'm saying, I love Brian Reynolds. I think he's a great player. That makes a lot of sense in terms of just what's a great fit for the Padres. You need that good, capable defender as well as some slugging power. You really do. Um, as well as just some solid batting average contact skills as well. But the bigger thing for the Padres is power right now. But it's just kind of like, that's a big name and that's going to cost a lot. You know what I'm saying? What if instead you go bargain bin? What if instead you say, let's start getting a bunch of people to get that one sort of thing we need, we just take a bunch of shots. Is it a strategy that the Padres should start looking more into instead of buying high on a bunch of star players? Whether it is going after Freddie Freeman in the offseason, going after Brian Reynolds, going after Max Scherzer, going after Robbie Wright, whatever it is, what if we just say, you know, the, the Giants are a good example of this too. The Giants said, let's just give a bunch of one-year contracts and get all these like players that we think are a little bit better than their final stat set. You know what I mean? This is when things like XCRA and XWhip and X blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. That's when the expected stats actually become a little bit useful when you're like, I think this guy's better than what his total numbers were. And then you barely spend that much on him because he's not getting all that much on the free market. And you say, if it doesn't work, it's okay. You know why it's okay? Because the Padres have stars. They don't need to necessarily get another superstar. They just need guys who are going to give you a two and a half war, a three war. You know what I'm saying? Guys that aren't going to give you a 0-0 like an Eric Hosmer or a a 0.9 like a Will Myers or whatever the heck you had this year. You know what I'm saying? You get guys who are going to be average. When you're a team that doesn't have stars, then yes, you should be spending money to get some some stars. That's how I believe it works. You need a little bit of a balance. You know what I'm saying? As much as we praise the Tampa Bay Rays for buying low on things all the time, they also never spend money and never get a superstar and look what happened to them in the postseason. They got absolutely ran over. Ran over like it was a, a... a total beatdown, like it was Thanos versus the Hulk in Avengers Infinity War. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's what that series kind of looked like. They had the first swing with that first game, and everyone's like, and then all of a sudden, it was like, uh, let him have his fun. I love that. I love some of the lines from that movie, just quoting them randomly. I've been using a lot of them in fantasy football lately with people that I beat. I'm just like, now reality can be whatever I want. I just, <laughs> it's really fun. But anyway, uh, that's what I think the Padres need to take away from this. We've talked about how many free agents are available on the market. I talked about that last week, and there are a lot, a lot of free agents this year, guys. This isn't like last year where you basically had guys like George Springer, you had JT Real Muto, and then you had Trevor Bauer, you know, who we all know about him. But like, it was a really top-heavy class. This year, there's so much interesting stuff. There isn't necessarily... 
I would argue, I actually think there are some super stud guys. You know what I mean? You got Carlos Correa. You got Corey Seager. There's a lot of really interesting pieces, which is why I'm so excited for the offseason. Congratulations to the Braves, but also like I'm so excited for the offseason because I think we're going to get a lot of stuff. If there's any indication with the big move that the Padres just made for Bob Melvin, it's an indication that we can get some fireworks in the offseason, even if I don't necessarily think that the team's best route to take is fireworks. Maybe it is. Let's wait for Hassel. Let's wait for Campuzano, certainly. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bit worried about the catching situation. Hopefully, Campuzano can be awesome. Then you wait for C.J. Abrams. Then you hope that Mackenzie Gore can come uh, can come come into his own and start looking like that top pitching prospect he once was. And then you just sign some kind of average guys. I'm typing in MLB free agency right now, and like just some of the top ones that I'm seeing right here. You got Corey Seager, Carlson. No, I don't want to see the list like that. Come on, give me the uh, nope. Okay, so yeah, so like. A Brandon Belt, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I actually feel like the the the, the Giants are going to bring him back. But just looking around at some of these guys, like, you know, Mark Canna, Michael Conforto, that's a guy that I actually think really, 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 really could be awesome next year. He would be a great player. And I actually think that his bat, I think he got really unlucky this year. But even Andrew McCutcheon, <coughs> I think Eddie Rosario might get overpaid a little bit. But Kyle Schwarber, you're looking at starting pitchers. You see guys like, Kershaw, obviously, are the big names. But maybe if you go after, say, Marcus Stroman, maybe you go after Noah Syndergaard. Is it possible you can go after Noah Syndergaard? I know that might be too big of a name. But maybe you go after someone like I'm just looking around here. Eduardo Rodriguez. I think he might have gotten a little bit unlucky. Uh, granted, that might be that opinion might be influenced by a lot of Boston fans that are in my life saying that he got unlucky. But you guys get my point. I think that what the Padres should learn is that it's not necessarily all just about training for star players. You already have a lot of those. You have Cronenworth. You got Tatis, you got Machado, you probably heard of them. You got Joe Musgrove, you know what I'm saying? And to a degree, I still think that you Darvish and Blake Snell could be good. Maybe the solution isn't just overhauling everything completely. And in fairness, I think that the Padres probably should have been better than what they were. I mean, they had an all-time second-half collapse. It's not like this team finished with 87, 88 wins, which is like a lowercase g good baseball team. It's not like they finished like that. They finished under 500, guys. So part of me is thinking, I just think naturally there's only one way to go, and that's up. So that's my thing, guys. I think that that's what the Padres should learn from the Atlanta Braves is there are a lot of different ways to go about this. Never give up either. You never know how things are going to turn around. And I'm saying this is a team that, now granted, a little bit of a different situation because we have the Giants and the Dodgers in our situation, while the NL East has clown shows from the Mets to the Phillies to you know all, all these other teams. Like It's just an absolute mess in the NL East. Shout out to the Marlins as well. Uh, I do think that going for some low target free agents and not necessarily giving long term deals to superstars like your Freddie Freeman, you know, I think that that could pr really prove uh, pay dividends. I really do. And that's kind of going to be what I say from the mountaintop until I decide exactly which free agents I want the Padres to go for. In general, that is kind of my my perspective. But guys, now before we talk about some silver slugging stuff and kind of end the podcast uh, somewhat early, somewhat of a quick one, guys, I need to talk to you about something very important. Look, here's the thing. I love Thanksgiving. I actually hate so much that people start playing Christmas music right after Halloween. It's annoying. All right, relax, guys. You know what I mean? You don't have to like, it's just, it's just dumb. It's just, it's just absolutely dumb. It's like, this isn't like watching all of One Piece. This isn't like watching all the Sopranos. It's okay if you just have 25 days to play Christmas music. It's okay. It's okay. But anyway, all of the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want some yummy desserts at Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? And that's why it's the perfect time for Built Bars. It's the new holiday dessert 
feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They've got Rocky Road. They've got Cherry Barcia, which is my mom's favorite. You guys could check out that one. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Guys, they're good. Great variety of flavors. They're healthy for you. Like, what more do I have to say to you? There's nothing like a built bar, guys. Now, thanks for listening to this podcast. You can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Next up, really quickly, I got to mention something. You know, we're back in better than ever. You know, we got the new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one for all the basketball and football action this season new updated desktop and mobile versions of the website and if you sign up today you can get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that is promo code locked on but also obviously you're listening to a baseball podcast they got baseball covered they're gonna have you covered on all those odds and whatnot whoever used bet online i bet you you got you got your dues if you picked the braves to win the world series it did pretty good especially you probably did even better if you predicted them to to win the world series after all those injuries happened the line probably went down by a whole lot so guys they got you covered also with nhl boxing ufc all sorts of stuff. Favorite because Vegas casino games, they got you covered, guys. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Whew. All right, ladies and gentlemen, final segment of this super energetic podcast. I am so jazzed. I'm so jazzed that we're finally done with the season. I, I really mean it when I say I feel like Frodo at the end of the Return of the King. Finally, it's over. As a Padres fan who went through the worst collapse ever, I'm just like, man, I am so excited to just not be watching, you know what I mean, baseball for a little bit. I know that sounds weird. I know it does. But I'm just genuinely really excited to be like, all right, now we can just do the like mock trades and fake trades and all that stuff. I love that stuff. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, Can it grow stale? A little bit. I I think a little bit sometimes it does. I know in the NBA, it's like, free engagement if you're just like where is zion gonna go in three years you know what i mean like i get that it could get a little obnoxious when we do mock trades and predictions a little bit too much but for the most part it could still be a whole lot of fun you know we had such a long season right coming back from 2020 and that you know kind of shortened season that we get a long season that's really cool but um let's talk about what's important guys let's talk about what's important guys the silver slugger award finalists were announced American League, you guys don't care that much about it. Vlad Jr., Yuli Gurriel of the Astros. Again, that's, I should have mentioned that, by the way. Shouts to the Astros. Great team. Great team. And I think that they proved a lot of people, and they made a lot of people mad the far that they advanced. And as someone who occasionally takes a little bit of joy in seeing people mad at that other people's success, you know what I'm saying? Not really. That's, that's usually not me. I, I kind of just hang out. I'm a daydreamer. If you guys see my, my shirt, my hoodie. Um, but eh, well, who am I kidding? You guys don't really care about silver sluggers for the for the American League. I mean, it's basically everyone you can expect. I was interested that Kyle Seeger actually was nominated as one of the finalists among third basemen. Kyle Seeger is the bane of my existence. Another free agent, by the way, this year. Uh, bane of my existence because I always believed in him. 
And he had the one year where he just randomly fell off, despite the fact that he was entering his prime. So Kyle Seager, that's a whole long story. I wrote about that for Baseball FYI. But anyway, guys, let's talk about the National League Silver Slugging finalists at first base. We had Eric Hosmer. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Made a little bit of a slip up there. We had Freddie Freeman, Joey Votto, Paul Goldschmidt, and Max Muncie. Who is the best out of those bunch? I don't know. I do kind of feel like if you want to just bring in narrative for a little bit, there's two things. You look at the stats. Max Muncy was incredible this year, an MVP quality player in a lot of ways. I know he ends up getting hurt at the end. But I will say, Freddie doing what he did this year, coming off of really tough 2020 for him personally and all the sickness that he had with COVID-19 and going through that whole thing, which you know was blowing up all over socials when that first happened, it's really great that, you know, what's crazy is he – he, uh, what's, what's it called? Um, the team falling apart so early on the season, having such a bad start, including him and kind of like, they really needed him to do well. So I take some, I put some, um, amount of volume into, into Freddie Freeman and also Joey Votto, just having one of those classic like vintage seasons where an old aging star clearly passes prime, but becomes super productive. He had that stretch where he was just hitting bomb after bomb. He had the thing with that fan Abigail, which I really adored. So I love for either two, um, either one of those guys to win. Just my opinion. Uh, and then the next nominees, Ozzy Albies, Jonathan India, Jake Cronenworth, woo! and Justin Turner, boo, uh, over at second base, which is a little bit odd uh, for Justin Turner to be nominated there. I don't exactly know. You'd have to ask just Jeff Snyder and Vincent Sampiro of Locked On Dodgers about that. I Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't remember Justin Turner. Why is he nominated at second base? What am I missing here? Am I like, am I high right now? What's going on? Anyway, go tune into Lockdown Dodgers if you want to hear your th- uh, their thoughts on that, uh, him getting nominated there. Um, just in terms of like pure hitting, I mean, Justin Turner is one of the best players here uh, for sure. I'm just a little bit confused why it wasn't third base. But um, it is cool that uh, you know we have a lot of interesting guys in here. Ozzy Albies, World Series champion. Jeff Snyder now in my room looking onto the thing. I don't know what he's about to say, but I can't let him talk right now just yet because I'm finishing out this podcast. But um, listen to his podcast. He'll be talking about that. Um, Jake Kernerworth, who's great. And what I love about him, I talked about this yesterday in terms of the gold glove stuff. I love that he plays multiple positions. I think that carries some weight with it. But uh, Tommy Edmonds winning that award. Anyway, third base, we have Austin Riley. Manny Machado of your San Diego Padres. Nolan Arenado and Patrick Wisdom. Wisdom's a little hilarious. I mean, Wisdom, there was like an, a post on Instagram when they announced who would be in the the field of dreams game the next year. And it was the reds and the Cubs. And it's just so funny seeing them display wisdom's name in there. Um, Oh, what's it called? Uh, And I I just saw that. And I was like, that's hilarious that they're trying to advertise Patrick wisdom, not an awful player, but it's like, that's all they have. And that's why he's being advertised. Jeff now messages to me saying, I was just going to explain why JT was nominated second base. So yeah, there you go, guys. Uh, Go listen to the podcast. Jeff does really great work along with Vince over at Lockdown Dodgers, even if their team is awful and evil. Um, Then at shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously nominated. We don't have to say anything there. Brandon Crawford, Trey Turner, and Willie Adamas. I love all of these guys, one of them for obvious reasons. Tatis is probably going to win this. He's an MVP candidate. But I will say, I love that Brandon Crawford just became a great batter all of a sudden. That's just fun. So I love that he was nominated. Trey Turner was incredible this year and genuinely is one of like the 20 best batters in baseball, probably better than that. Um, He's really fun to watch as well in his own way. Um, And then Willie Adamas, who 
kind of secretly was one of the best trades that happened this season. I mean, he was incredible with the Brewers uh, after looking just abysmal with the Rays, batting below one uh, 200 at one point. So I, it didn't happen at the deadline, but it was actually one of the most impressive acquisitions that happened uh, in trade season this year. So I actually love all these nominees. They're all cool in their own way. But it's Tatis, man. What are we doing? And then in the outfield, Juan Soto, Nick Castellanos, Bryce Harper, Brian Reynolds, Adam Duvall, Jesse Winker, and Tyler O'Neill. I will say one thing. This should probably go to Harper, especially when you take into account how much that team was reliant on Bryce Harper. He was only seeing a few pitches a game that he could hit. You know what I'm saying? Because they knew... I'm not afraid of like Gene Segura could get us get them some base hits and JT Arumuto can be okay. But they were like Andrew McCutcheon, Didi Gregorius, uh, um, Alec Bohm just couldn't just just couldn't play this year at all. So like he was really carrying that team. And then Juan Soto is another one. I mean, God, man, Juan Soto just doesn't make sense. He just doesn't. He doesn't make any sense. He really doesn't. I know that the home run power wasn't necessarily sky high. He did not hit as many as Bryce Harper and some of these other guys, but like, I mean, when you, who do you want on your team? Who do you want to bet? And his defense, while it wasn't like as, you know, as good as I guess some people would expect of a player of his stature, it wasn't as bad as it was the past previous years. His reaction time improved, his range fact improved, not a plus, plus, plus defender in any respect, but still really, really solid. So shouts to Juan Soto. I'm going to be very curious to see who wins between him and Bryce Harper. Brian Reynolds, Adam Duvall is on here, which is kind of whatever. I mean, when he's on, when Adam Duvall is in that fun, streaky, because he's a very streaky batter, but when he's on, he looks like a top 15 player in baseball. I'll tell you that much. And then over at catcher, Buster Posey of the Giants and Will Smith of the Dodgers. This is incredibly close, I will say. Because uh, if you keep, you know, if you take both things into account, Buster Posey is the better player, especially because he's been doing it longer and also a better defender. But Will Smith, I mean, they're very good offensively. I think this goes to Buster Posey, and I, I think voters might actually kind of be more inclined to give it to Posey, especially since didn't play in 2020, opted out, and then he comes back this year and has a season that I don't think everybody expected. I think they thought he would be okay, but for him to you know even have some slugging power, I think the factor of the expectations uh, plays a lot here. Although that being said, it's, it's really close. I actually wouldn't mind too much if Will Smith got this award. He was very good, but I still think it's going to Buster Posey. And then also JT Romuta, I forgot about him. And Omar, Omar Narvaez, very solid catches for Milwaukee and Wash, uh, Philadelphia, respectively. But Romuto, first year after a contract, he was good. He was good. He's probably the catcher that you still want to take above everybody else in baseball right now. I say probably probably the catcher that you want to take above anybody else right now in baseball. He had a down year, maybe by his standards, maybe getting overpaid just a tad bit for catcher, but he's still a really good player. So good on both sides of the ball. But again, the silver slugger, I think it's going to Buster Posey. And then lastly, Herman Marquez, Max Freed, Jacob DeGrom and Madison Bumgarner. If Jacob DeGrom does not win this award, so help me God. I don't care if he was hurt for basically the entire second half of the season. I don't care. This guy at one point, Literally had more ribbies than he had allowed runs. Case closed. He hit some against my team, and it was incredible to watch. I was I was at a, a, a hanging out with some friends, watching my friend a Mets fan just 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 cackling at me as as Mass, uh, Jacob Degrom drives in like with an RBI double or whatever. I'm like, just give it to Degrom. I don't care if you want to start telling me that Herman Marquez was actually talking. I don't care. Jacob Degrom literally had a month long stretch where he was batting in more guys than allowing them. Case close, as far as I'm concerned. But in finality, 
Uh, still really cool to see Jay Cronenworth, Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis Jr., who I mentioned at the top of the pod, the guys that they're building around. Maybe they just need solid, decent players to build around them. You don't necessarily need superstars because those might be their core superstars for years to come. And Cronenworth is the type of guy that I really want to know. What like what are we viewing on this Padres team and their farm system and their player development if Jay Cronenworth doesn't become this ultimate surprising breakthrough prospect. He wasn't even supposed to make the team last year, if not for um, Jorge Mateo getting COVID. You know what I'm saying? If that doesn't happen, we might not even see Jay Cronenworth debut. So it's like, it's such a funny, like, what if scenario. Um, But I think that basically for the most part, Machado is probably not winning this thing. I think it's going to Austin Riley. Um, Arenado, he was a good batter this year, a good batter. You could argue that maybe him, him down the stretch for that Cardinals team being really big for them being a big RBI producer this year, that maybe that's what might influence voters a little bit because of that 18 game winning streak that they might be like, Hey, Arenado was a big part of that. And they made history in a lot of ways. And it was crazy that they made it into the postseason. Maybe that's why, but I think this is Austin Riley's to lose. Tatis should be just a walkaway winner. Although that being said, tough beat for Trey Turner, Willie Adamas and Brandon Crawford, like all of them in their own way were really exciting, fun developments this year. And then of course, um, Eric Hosman at first base. Uh, clearly should be winning the silver slugger this year. He was one of the best offensive bats in all of baseball. Um, I'm just kidding. That is, I'm going to make it a decree right now. <clears throat> I am no longer going to, even as a joke, it was obviously a joke if anybody's mad at me, I will not say Eric Hosber by name for at least the rest of the offseason on this podcast, starting right now. That's it. I won't say him. I'll say the guy at first base. I'll say the guy at first base that's getting paid a lot of money. I'll find different descriptors for him. Not mean descriptors, but I'll say the guy at first base getting paid a lot of money. I just think we got to, you know, oftentimes you got to let the pat leave the past behind. You know, you acknowledge your mistake. You just kind of move on. And that's the case of the guy at first base getting paid a lot of money, guys. Um, that's basically it for all my thoughts on today's show, guys. Now, before we wrap up, let me just say one more time. Thank you for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Really good stuff. Love Sully. He does a great job. I'm sure he's going to be having a whole bunch to rant and ramble about when it comes to the Braves winning the World Series. Again, congratulations to them beating the Brewers, beating the Dodgers, and being the Astros. All upsets. Basically viewed by everybody as all upsets, especially if you just look at the playoff bracket beforehand. Really great stuff. In terms of the future of this show, probably have a bunch of crossovers coming up. Jeff Ellis, either Thursday or Friday of the Locked On Indians podcast. We're going to talk about Ruben Niebla getting hired as pitching coach for the Padres. What does that mean? How it's a hiring that actually I think has gotten a little bit under the radar and might be a big deal for pitching development, which is something that the team needs to work on. And also might be talking with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates to talk about that whole Brian Reynolds thing. And whether or not it really is feasible for the Padres to trade for him. But either way, a lot of fun content coming your guys' way. And now I'm going to wrap this up and let that evil villainous supervillain, the mad, the, 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 the mad king, some may even say, Mr. Jeff Snyder, into this whole restream room, guys. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow myself on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or the Twitter account for the show, which is at L-O underscore Padres. Subscribe, of course. And, oh, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. That would be really appreciated. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.